0: Hey guys my name is todd i'm a pastor here at riverwalk church and we just want to say thank you so much for joining in on this message today if you guys want to connect with us or if you have any prayer requests or questions we just ask that you go to riverwalkchurch.com and we will get back to you as soon as possible we hope that you enjoy the message today welcome to riverwalk church's online campus i'm steve rose the senior pastor here and i couldn't be more excited that you're joining us today And before we get started, I want to encourage you next Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. And here at Riverwalk Church, we do communion the first Sunday of every month. So if you want to go ahead and make note of that and make plans to get those elements, and we will be doing communion together as an online family. And I'm just so excited to be able to do this for our first time with our online campus this upcoming Sunday. We're continuing in on our series that we've been in called God's Psychiatry. It's a verse by verse um, sermon series through Psalms 23. Now Psalms 23, I would say, is one of the most popular songs ever written. It's been uh, quoted in pop culture with other musicians, poets, thinkers, uh, and, and I would say it's probably the most famous song ever written. Uh, Probably a close second would be uh, John Denver's Country Road song. Uh, But we don't have to talk about that. That's just, you know, being the hillbilly I am. So now we're continuing in on Psalms 23, and we're going to read this together. We read it together every Sunday. We read the whole chapter. Now, because I think there's a freedom. I think there's something that this scripture, when we grab a hold of these scriptures and really take them to heart, I think it really speaks to every bit of our body and our mind. So let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it's week three. We're on verse three. And and I'm really excited for what we're going to be sharing today. But verse three says he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake and We're going to break this up into three sections during this message, and now there's three very deep concepts that God and David is speaking to us in this. Last week, we talked about verse two, where uh, it really talked about taking care and focusing on your physical health, your mental health, and our spiritual health, and how rest, nourishment, and refreshment help us in keeping all three of these areas healthy. Even with everything going on in David's life, he still trusted God to take care of those three areas in his life. David continues on after verse 2, and he's re-emphasizing this idea that God cares for his soul and cares about being restored. We we understand that God is in the soul business, that he loves our souls, our spirits. He wants to take care of us in a spiritual way, but, but we don't need to box God in to just caring about our souls and just caring about our spirits. But God cares every, he cares about every part of you. We talked about a little bit last week, God truly cares for your mental health. He cares about your spiritual health, and he cares about your physical health. All three of these are very important to God, and he wants to make sure that all three of these areas in our lives are taken care of and functioning and moving along in the healthiest ways uh, possible. Now, our soul is our very identity. It's who we truly are. We are physical beings that have a soul, and one day when our physical bodies stop uh, being, uh, our soul will continue on, and that is who we are, it's who we were, and it's who we're always going to be, and I think that... um I think it's very easy for our for us to lose that identity of, of, of who we truly are in our soul, and, and, and it kind of starts to fade away with time, and we get a lot of layers put on our soul. We have a lot of titles, a lot of uh, identities that uh, gets put over that, and sometimes it's hard for us to really remember who we truly are uh, deep down. Um, these labels come from everywhere. You know, w- when you're born, you're given a label. You're not, uh, you don't get to pick your name. You don't get to pick your family. You don't get to pick where you're born. And all of these contribute in into who you are. Uh, we, we get labels from our family, uh, from people around us, our work, likes to give us uh, a label and an identity, whether, you know, uh, it goes from being like me, I'm Steve, it goes to being, you know, this is a pastor, or this is this, or or, or for you, you know, that may be a a salesman, um, it could be a lawyer, a doctor, could be a stay-at-home mom, and these are identity that, that, that our work puts on us. Your spouse may have an identity for you. Your friends may have an identity for you. And sometimes our soul gets buried in on all of this and, and we forget who we truly are in the core. And I think it's really important and it's very difficult for us even to make sure that our souls stay pure and true to who we are. And we could do this by paying attention to what restores our soul. What brings you peace? What brings you joy? What brings you excitement? Some of you, uh, you thrive off of vacations and that really helps you to, to stay centered on who you are. Some of you have hobbies that, that, that really help you to stay focused and grounded. Into who you are, and I think it's very intentional that whatever it is that brings joy to your soul is something that you have to always keep in front of you and always be intentional about that. But then we have on the other side things that may drain us, that drain our identity. Um, you know, I, I've I've heard it said at work or you know around different places where it's like, hey, this this job is really draining me. I'm losing. Uh, you know, I can't take much more of this and, and, and it drains our souls and we have to be very familiar, a conscious about what helps our souls, what, what helps us uh, to keep our sanity and keep our identity and what drains them. And it's not necessarily about doing away with one and doing more of the other, but it's prioritizing and being very self-aware uh, of where these are in our souls and how it affects us day to day. But I don't want to limit this much like I said, we don't limit God to just being about our soul. I think when we study this scripture and we'll look at this first part where he says, he restores my soul. And if we actually look at this, what David is saying is God restores my whole being. And it's key to remember once again, that God cares for your whole being. Yes, he is in the soul business, but he's also in the mental business, the health business, because God truly loves every aspect of who you are. I think for years we've limited God to the idea that that, that because one day we'll be in heaven, uh, you know, we we used that as our evangelism for a long time. We said, you know, if you were to die today, you know, would you go to heaven? Would you go to hell? And we kind of used that as, uh, that that way of getting people to think about it. But but maybe if we flipped that, and we said uh, instead of you know, if you died today, what, what we said if you were to live today, right? If you were to live today, um, what would happen? Where would your mind be? Where would your soul be? Uh, what is helping you day to day to get through this life? John Maxwell makes reference that, that every day is an uphill journey, that life is about an uphill journey. So it's difficult, right? Uh, there's times where, where we're pushing and we're pushing and we feel like we can't make it, but that's because we're going somewhere. And if you were to live today, how would you live? What is that source of, of uh, excitement? What is that source of uh, that that pushes you to be the best person you could be? And God cares about every one of these aspects, that he doesn't want your spiritual life so well that that your mental life and your, your physical life is kind of left here on the back burner. But he wants every part of you accelerating and moving forward. And he wants to help with that. Now, let's go a little bit deeper than just that the Lord cares for our whole being and, and what David was saying. But the literal translation is better understood in this moment as the Lord brings me back. Now, this is an incredible, incredible thought that the Lord brings us back. Now, in speaking about sheep uh, that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, that sheep are completely and utterly dependent upon the shepherd, they can't find food, they can't find water, they can't uh, find rest without the shepherd literally leading them and telling them where to drink, where to eat, and where to rest. Now, uh, this, this is interesting, and this is why this kind of ties in with this, that that sheep, when they get lost, they literally freak out. And they get lost. They get to a point, they realize there's no shepherd, there's no uh, flock around them, it's just them. And they freeze and they start to, to scream out. And predators in these areas um, listen for it. They listen for, for the screaming uh, of these sheep that get lost. And sheep have no defense mechanisms. And in these moments, they kind of have a panic attack and they freeze. And it, it it kind of leaves it to the shepherd to make sure that the other sheep are cared for, and that uh, he could hear the bleats of this, the, the screams of this sheep, to go and to find and to rescue it. And the the shepherd would literally have to pick up this sheep because it's it's so frightened that it that it can't it can't move. the shepherd picks up the sheep and carries it and brings it back to the flock. Now, uh, I, I really I can relate to this, um, you know, because I think sometimes when we go through difficulties, when we go through areas in our lives that really scare us, we we freeze up, and we freeze up, and then we start getting in our own minds. Right? Why did this person do this? What led for me to be here? And we start thinking all of these thoughts that that may not be healthy. They're definitely not helpful, but they're not healthy for us. And it kind of causes us to become more fearful and more upset and more depressed because we keep adding these thoughts and we just get into our, our own minds. And it keeps us on this trail, uh, this path that that is full of anxiety and depression and confusion. And I'll tell you, I can relate to this. Uh, I, I went through a lot of this just this week. I remember Tuesday, I just had a very difficult day and, and I had some stresses around me and, and I ended up just going for this one hour car ride and um, I just turned the music off. I, I, it was just me and my thoughts, and, and and I just drove down the road. I was upset. I was angry. I was hurt. I cried, you know. And th- then I started having to really have this idea of where am I allowing my mind to go. So I started to pray that God, I really need you in this moment to to center my thoughts, to center what's going on, that that I can can, can have better thoughts and clarity of the situations that I am. So i was praying and then i turned on scriptures and, and this is where what we're talking about starts happening where the lord brings us back i think if we look towards uh the story of the prodigal son uh you can look that up in, in, in luke um and i want you to study that and read that in correlation with this but but it talks about a son who was lost who, who left his father and went on his own way, and he ended up with nothing. And it's a beautiful story of redemption and coming back to God. And and many people like to put that in the aspects of our spirits, but but it's once again, God cares more than just our souls. I think the wholeness of this prodigal son had to be brought back. His identity. And you see that in the story, but his identity, his place in the family. uh, God did a complete restoration of this prodigal's life. So, So when this talks about God bringing us back, wherever you are today, you could be like I was Tuesday, just in your own head. Uh, a, a going down this path of of just uh, insecurity or, or uh, anxiety, the, these thoughts and perspective, God has a way of bringing us back and, and setting us on a firm foundation of understanding and clarity in our situations. But we got a call for him. I think we've got to we've we've got to be very vocal and very transparent in our prayers with God that God listen. I'm in my mind, uh, I'm struggling emotionally right now. God, I need you to help bring me back to a safe place of security, to bring me back to a familiar place where you can speak to me and that you can help me see these uh, situations around me more clearly. Because God truly loves every part of who you are. And he doesn't just want to bring back your soul to a place to God of security. He wants to bring every part of you back. That when you wander in those dangerous territories, that good shepherd will pick us up and bring us back to a place of security, safety, and our well-being uh, it, it is safer uh, with, with the shepherd. So the second part of this scripture says he leads me in paths of righteousness. Now this is very interesting too, and I like this. Uh, so if we look at the surface of this scripture, what it what it says is that he leads us into a path of righteous living. It, it, and I, I want I want to. Yes, God wants us to live righteous lives. He wants us to live pure lives before men and before God. He wants us to to make the right decisions. He wants us to follow Him and to be an example for Him and, and to live a, a, a holy life before Him. And, and I think that... Um, I think with time, the church has kind of muddied the water and what that looks like. And, and we have this idea that, that you have got to be perfect to be a Christian. There's places you can't go, people you can't talk to, things you can't watch. And, and that's not really what God's talking about in this moment or what David's talking about in this moment. And that, that's not really 100% what God expects from us as well. And, and so what this is talking about is making the right decisions, making the right decisions in our lives, making the right decisions as a follower of Christ and and listening to him and letting him show us the ways that go to, to go in life. But, but this is, let's go just a little bit deeper with this scripture. This is saying, uh, that God gives me the standard of right relationships with God and with other people. So let's put the two together. God brings me back and he gives me the standard of right relationship between God and other people. Take it one more step. He brings me back and shows me how to love God and how to love and to have healthy relationships with the people around us. In the New Testament, we hear that that someone asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he says the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people. And it's very difficult, almost impossible for us to truly live this out and to love God and to love the people around us and to have healthy relationships if we ourselves are not healthy. Now, God wants us to have healthy relationships first with him. He wants us to have the right relationship of us trusting and listening and being led of his spirit, being filled of his spirit and, and making our decisions based on what God is calling us to do in life. But God wants you to have a healthy relationship with yourself, that you love yourself for who God has created you to be that you don't look in the mirror and just see your imperfections and shortcomings, but you look at yourself and understand that you are a child of God and God wants to use you as you are. And the only standard you have to have in this life is, am I living this life that God has called me to live? So he wants you to have a healthy relationship with him. He wants you to have a relationship with yourself. And then God wants you to have healthy relationships with people around you spouses, parents, children, uh, co-workers, and especially Your enemies. And my, my hope is that, that none of those other, uh, people that we mentioned happens to be your enemy as well. But those people that cause conflict around you, those people who maybe you just don't get along with, uh, God wants you to have a healthy relationship with them and healthy boundaries with those people. This is, this is great because once again, let's look at where David was in this time his son his flesh and blood the one that he's raised all these years has turned against him and wants to take over his kingdom he wants to become king of david's kingdom and what i think about like or what i like about this so much is the fact that david had a healthy relationship with God. David even had a healthy relationship with who he was and who his, and what his position in life was, because as we talked about previously, what's, what's really interesting is, is David knew that this kingdom that he was a ruler over wasn't his kingdom, but, but it was God's. And David knew with it himself that, that if God was going to remove David from being king and set someone else up, that David had the right relationship with God to listen and to trust that if this was the way he was going to see this kingdom kind of shift, that it would be because of God. So you don't see that David hated, uh, he wasn't upset with God because once again, God's not doing this to David But God is doing this with David and he wasn't upset with himself. He didn't look at himself in this moment and think I'm a failure. Uh, No one's here to support me. Even my children are thinking that I'm not a good king. He didn't get in his own mind, but he had that healthy relationship with himself. And and I think he even had a good enough relationship with his son that maybe he had a bit of trust in his son that that at some point maybe. His son would get his mind straight and and really realize what what he was doing so so far in the scripture we see that the lord wants to restore our soul he wants to bring us back this next part we just said that that god wants us to have healthy relationships with god and with the people god has brought us in our lives and for the next part it says for his name's sake Now, in this culture, it was a honor shame society. So I want you to get this idea that when when we give our lives to Christ and we say, God, we want you to be our shepherd. We want you to control this life. We want you to come into this heart of mine and we want you to 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 dwell in this body. God puts his name on you. And when God looks down and sees that name, he's going to honor it that he sees you as being one of his children. He sees you as being a part of of who he is, that he is going to take care of you. And in this life, I want you to understand that you will have difficulties, you will have struggles, but God is going to see you through them because he's put his name upon you. And that you belong to God and God loves you and he's gonna take care of whatever you're facing in life because he put his name upon you and you are his. So so let's wrap this up that, that, that God wants to bring you back. God wants to bring you into the paths of righteousness so that you can have the right relationship with him and with people around you. And today God wants to put his name on you and if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior and you haven't submitted to his call and to his will in your life I want to encourage you to do that so say, say Steve how do I do that and, and, and I believe the first thing you do is to recognize that God wants to help you that God died on a cross for you as a way to put his name on you that that you can be a part of him so that He could cleanse you of unrighteousness, He could cleanse you of sin, and He could come into your heart and help you to be whole mentally, physically, and spiritually. And He wants to help you. So when we recognize that we're in need of a Savior, we could pray, God, come into my life. Change my heart. Help me to to be a part of your flock. Help me to allow you to shepherd me Jesus in this life, because I can't do it alone. And I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this on a podcast, you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, I want you to send us a message. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know the areas of your life where you need help, and we want to help you. And uh, we we love y'all so much. We thank you for being a part of our online campus experience. I want to pray for you. And uh, remember, next Sunday is Communion Sunday, and we want to do communion together as a family. So um, write that down and uh, just kind of have that in your memory. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you that you are a good shepherd. Thank you that, God, you love us. And, Lord, there's times in our lives where our minds go astray, our spirits go astray, our focus. Uh, God comes off of you and and onto other areas in our lives, Lord. But you, God, want to bring us back. And you want to help us in, in every area of our lives, Lord, because every bit of us, every part of us is important to you. And God, I pray for whoever is out there, Jesus, who just needs your touch. God, they need your leading. They need your presence. They need you in their lives. God, they could submit to your call. They could submit uh, to what you're doing in their lives, Jesus, and you can help them. And God, I pray for anyone who is watching or listening right now who don't know you as Lord and Savior, God, that we can help build that uh, discipleship. We could help them in their journey with you today, God. We pray for them, God, they can reach out to someone that could help them. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing here at Riverwalk Church. We're excited for what you're doing in our communities, and God, what you're doing through the people who are watching this today, God, we give you the praise, the glory and the honor. Amen. Amen. We love you all so much and we can't wait to see you. We want to thank you guys so much for joining in today's message with Pastor Steve. If you guys have any questions or prayer requests, we just ask that once again, you go to RiverwalkChurch.com. And we thank you so much for joining in. We hope you have a good day.